Welcome to the Life Unlimited Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice so you can confidently live your life your way for life. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Life Unlimited with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. I'm Eric, Larry's producer, and I'm here to learn along with you, the audience. Larry, what's going on? Oh, Eric, uh, well, it's spring. Spring has sprung. It's still a little chilly out, but uh, yeah. but it, it's my favorite time of the year because I know the summer is coming soon. Oh, man. That, yeah, it's looking forward to some warmth, Larry. That'll, that'll be good. Um, I don't know. Sure. The, the older I get, sure. right? The older I get. That's I think that's what my parents went through. <laughs> you know, I'm always cold. And now I'm kind of <laughs> getting to that point where I'm just tired of cold. So let's let's bring on some warmer weather. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain here in New York. It's been pretty mild winter, almost no snow. So, uh, but still, I'm ready for some some outdoor activities. All right, sounds good. Before you go outdoors, can we do a podcast? Yes, okay. we can try. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today, Larry? So today we're going to talk about issues that you should consider before you retire, okay. and especially what's been going on. People are like, oh, the market, the banks, you know, should I retire? Should I not retire? But no matter what time you're thinking about retiring, there's a lot of issues. And we've covered some of these specifically in some of our previous podcasts, but we're going to kind of put them all together and talk about it from a big picture, a high level, and some of the items that you should be, uh, that you need to consider. Okay. All right. So where do we get started? Because that's, I mean, this is a huge issue. Okay. Yep. So let's, let's just start first. Well, we'll start really where the cash flow issues. Okay. And there's a few things here that, that come into mind when I talk about cash flow issues. First is, you know, income and expenses. Mm -hmm. What, you know, when you, when you're getting to retiring and you have no more income, that spigot is turned off from work. You want to know where is your money going to be coming from? Is do you have are you taking Social Security? When are you going to take Social Security? Which we'll talk about. Do you have a pension? And are you taking money out of your uh, qualified accounts, your four hundred and one k, your IRA? So where is that money coming from to where you're living? And then what are you going to need to spend? What are your expenses? Uh, and what a lot of times people don't realize is when they retire, at least pre-pandemic and hopefully now post-pandemic, their expenses in the beginning usually go which way, Eric? I've been with you a long time. Up. They up. go up a there little you bit. Go. Yeah, a little bit. Because you have more time. You have more time to mm -hmm. do things that you like, some more time to travel. So really, you want to kind of put a game plan together and see what your income is, see what your expenses are, and then put a strategy together. And one of the reasons, the best reasons of doing this is because when we go through some turbulent times, if you have a strategy, you're more likely to keep to that strategy and not really lose sleep that you're not going to be able to enjoy the rest of your life or your second act in retirement. So knowing what your cash flow is, knowing your distribution strategy, knowing your income and expenses really is one of the first critical items that you want to do. Yeah. And I know that we've talked before. And I'm assuming that you see in that later stage of life when somebody's getting ready to retire, that's right around the time that they're they're no longer going to have a mortgage as well, right? Do you see that? Or at least not the traditional or the original mortgage that they may have taken out? Yeah, I mean, we can have these conversations about mortgage because I'm asked about that all the time. And a lot mm -hmm. of times I say there's really two answers to whether you should have a, a mortgage in retirement if you still had one. Uh, one is 
purely from the numbers. And mm -hmm. one is where I call sleep factor. It's nice knowing that you don't have a, don't, don't have a mortgage. I was talking mm -hmm. to one of our client, uh, clients and friends, and he was telling me that his son-in-law was saying, you should always have a mortgage. Um, but when you get older and you have no more income in, it sure is knowing peace of mind that you don't have one. Yeah. Of course, with interest rates low from a few years ago, even now, even when mortgage rates are a little bit higher, they're still on the low side historically, that if you have a very low interest rate and you're making more money in the bank than you can that of taxes, it still could be the right financial decision. So that, that's not the always the, the clear cut easiest, uh, easiest answer. But yes, knowing if you want to pay your mortgage off, should you pay your mortgage off? So you keep the mortgage, definitely yeah. something to consider as you went to your retirement years. Yeah. Cause if you didn't have that mortgage, again, that increases your cash flow from what you had before. And it might be easy to spend a little bit too much or, uh, or it may be easier to say, Hey, no, we're going to sock some of this away for a rainy day for sure. Yeah. Well, it may not increase your cash flow because if you have a mortgage, if you took out a mortgage and you refinanced, a uh, year, a year and a half ago, and you were at two and a half percent, and now interest rates are up close to five, you're actually making more money oh, by having true. the mortgage. So you have more money to spend. So that's where it really depends and really discussing that and seeing where it is. And But again, it comes down to you know, knowing that you don't have a mortgage. So uh, so those are all factors to uh, to consider. All right. What's the next section? Let's so let's I just talked about pension. So if you are lucky enough to be one of those individuals that are going to be getting a pension, knowing which option to select. And we again, we can have a whole separate podcast on this, but do you select a, a life only option which means that you only get that amount of money while you live and if you're married mm. you're and you pass away your spouse gets nothing do you take a joint survivor option do you take a joint survivor 100% option joint survivor 50% option a there's so many different options in there so really considering what you want to do and determining the best pension option is something that you should look at and you should start looking at that a few years before you're going to retire so you really have a game plan in place out of curiosity, if you are the one with the pension and you do a joint pension option, what happens if your spouse dies first? Ah, so great question, Eric. You are really out of luck. So, oh, geez. So one of the things that sometimes, and it really depends, depends upon how old you are, depends upon the, op the options. I'm not recommending this carte blanche, but it is something that may be done and we've done it in the future. And you basically insure yourself. So by buying a joint survivor option, you're in, in theory paying insurance. You're paying that, you're re mm -hmm. receiving less money and therefore that's really your premium. But you can look at possibly taking the life only option and buying a life insurance policy. So now what happens is if your spouse predeceases you day after your uh, start of that, you can either stop the life insurance and you're still getting the full life and only, or mm -hmm. you can keep the life insurance for your your children or your grandchildren. So, uh, so great question. Again, part of a, a plan, all overall planning strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and let's talk about the other income strategy that you're going to have. So everyone's should most, just about everyone's going to have some type of social security. Mm -hmm. So when do you take your social security? Do you take it at a full retirement age? Do you take it earlier? Do you wait to age 70? And what about your spouse? What are the, some of the situations that when your spouse should take that? Figuring all that out 
not only from an income strategy, but also from a tax planning strategy. Because if you wait a little bit longer, you may be in a lower tax bracket, which allows you to do some other things such as Roth conversions. So <clears throat> it, all of this is really just a big puzzle, Eric. And yeah. you want to have all these pieces and see how all these pieces fit together and create a plan where you maximize the amount of money that you can get and minimize the amount of taxes that you need to pay and make sure that you're going to have enough money to be able to create the lifestyle that you want. Yeah, absolutely. I love the analogy of it being a puzzle because you can't force the wrong piece into the wrong spot, right? The picture doesn't come out well, you know, so it, you've really got to put all those things together with that in mind of the end goal. So I love that. Right. It's And, and it's, and if you put one piece in that kind of, gives you this strategy. If you change that and you don't put that piece, you got a different, you know, a different strategy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you want to kind of look at all the different pieces. So when you put the pieces together, you get the best outcome for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about, I'm not going to really, we really don't spend a lot of time on healthcare and insurance issues. And, but now that you're getting close to retirement, you need to kind of, you know, need to kind of do that. When you get to age 65, you're going to be eligible for Medicare and you need a Medicare supplement coverage. So making sure that you have that, if you're still working for a big company, you may not, it may become secondary, but knowing what the health insurance is going to be and making sure that you have the right or the right coverage in place before you turn 65. So when you turn 65, you're ready, you're, you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Also, what about a long-term illness? Uh, you're protected, you're self-insured. Should you have long-term care insurance if you don't? So protecting and looking at that is something also to discuss prior to get going into retirement. Okay, um, so let me ask you that because the, the age has always bothered me. And I think you've talked about this a bit before, but when it comes to long-term care or long-term care insurance, when should somebody be looking at that? Because I don't, I don't think it's something you should wait till 65, right? Or shouldn't you? No, a little you bit should early? be looking at that earlier now. Yeah. Things have changed. We've had a couple of guests on the long-term care insurance, especially here in New York, where now the policies are basically gone and some of the existing policies, the premiums are, are raising. So maybe maybe it's time for another guest on the long-term care insurance. Hmm. But yes, normally we were looking, looking at doing this is in your 50s rather than waiting until you're older because not only is the cost goes up, the chance that you may be uninsurable go up. Hmm. Uh, and now a lot of those products that were available are no longer available in New York. York and in different and in different parts of the country as well. So uh, so looking at that, looking at uh, if you can't get insurance or if you don't, how much money do you have? And do you set aside a pot of that money for the potential of getting of doing this? Because we do know and we have seen where one spouse has, unfortunately, a long term illness. It could impact the financials of the yeah. other spouse. Yeah. So, uh, so just planning for it is something that will give you a bit more peace of mind before you enter into retirement. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's a great idea. And just a, a minor amount thing that we you know look at based upon your income, you could be paying a surcharge for your Medicare. So, and that there are certain breakpoints in there. So, knowing what that is and seeing if you're below or above it, and trying to figure that out could be helping to save a few dollars along the way, if possible. Okay. 
So let's kind of switch gears and talk about some of well, really more of the long-term planning issues. So the cash flow, the insurance, that kind of is going to affect you right out of the start, right from day one, how you're going to live your life and and how much do you actually need. But now hopefully you've earned a lot of money. And if you have, you may be in an estate tax issue. Uh, whether it's a New York state estate tax issue, whatever state you live in, or a federal estate tax issue. Right now, the federal estate tax issue is extremely high. It's If you're a married couple, it's like $25 million. That is going to come down when the law sunsets, if nothing changes in 2026. So, so there is some changing to this. But again, in New York, somewhere around $6 million. And again, it's always changing. So you always want to kind of consult your tax uh, expert on this, but can you set up your plan to minimize some of the estate taxes? And based upon what your cash flow is, is your portfolio, is your net worth going to grow? That's going to kick you into an estate tax later on. And in New York, it's we have what's called the cliff tax. So if you're a, a few dollars over, you're going to pay tax like just from dollar one. Mm -hmm. So knowing what your estate tax is, and if you have one, and making sure that you're looking at that to do some of the planning. So that's kind of the long-term issues. And that's really from a tax issue. And some people may say, you know what? I don't really care about that. But they're making sure your documents are in place. And this is where we find a lot of issue, a lot of things are not up to date and need to be revised. Your power of attorney, your healthcare proxy, your will, should you have a revocable trust? Mm -hmm. Are your beneficiaries correct? And again, we've talked about all these different stories of clients that we've come in and they've seen and they've had previous spouse named as a beneficiary, missing a child, having no wills. How many times have you heard some famous entertainer die without a will. Yeah. So making sure that you have the right documents in place will get and kind of give you you know peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Hey Larry, real quick I want to touch on the the estate tax that may sunset. You said around it's around 26 million now. What is it going to go down to? And then my follow-up question Larry <laughs> is how soon should somebody who's in that in that upper range, be talking to somebody about how they can, because if that law sunsets and nothing changes and it goes back down to whatever it's going to go down to, they can lose a lot, right? Their family can lose a lot in those estate plans, in the, in the taxes. When should they be looking at other strategies with you? Yeah. So the, the number, the numbers, and it's going to be tied to inflation, but it's going to be a little over $6 million. Again, so change. it is portable. So when you, when you're a couple will be 12, $13 million mm -hmm. roughly. So again, it's not going to affect a lot of people out there, but yes, if you have um, more than that, you may want to do some giving now, depending upon how old you are. And, and again, we can talk about a whole that could be a whole podcast just talking yeah. about the, that. Uh, and again, probably good time to bring another estate attorney back on uh, on for a future podcast to really discuss that and some of the planning opportunities that should be done before the yeah. law sunsets. Absolutely. Or call Larry. Well, you can call me. We can do some of the do yeah. some of the planning, and then we can work together with your estate attorney to uh, to put it in place. Absolutely. All right. What else are we talking about? All right. So let's shift over and just talk a little bit about your assets and maybe your debts. And we think we've actually talked about your debt a little bit ahead of time when we talked about your mortgages. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was talking about. Should you keep your mortgage, pay off a mortgage? We've already touched upon that. But let's talk about some of your assets. And there's one asset 
that comes to mind that's really the first and for a lot of people, their biggest asset that a conversation should be taken, should be had. What asset do you think that is? Yourself. No. Good question. Good, good answer. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, Larry. Thought, well, okay. So if you're retired, then you're not an asset because you're not That's making correct. any money. So, okay. On that side of things, your house. Bingo. There we go. So, okay. so what, what about your house? Are you going to stay in your house? Are you going to yeah. sell your house? Are you going to move somewhere else? How is that going to impact your retirement both now or later on? Uh, are you going to buy a second place? So looking at that and determining that, because a lot of people, this asset has grown a, a, a very large amount, especially the last few years. If you sell it, where are you going to go afterwards? And are you, do you need that money to, to live on? And do you not need that money to live on? Mm -hmm. So determining what the house is and where are you going to go? Because if you are in one state and you're thinking about selling and going to another state, there's a lot of different rules in that state. We have a lot of clients that have relocated down to Florida. Florida has no estate taxes, but they have a high probate tax. So there's different things you want to do as far as your estate planning versus your income tax planning. So knowing what to do and what you think you're going to do about your residence is definitely important. Okay, I've got to jump in, Larry, because something very strange happened last week. I wasn't even thinking of this until you said it. The other thing that people need to be aware of is if you've been in a house for a long time, as you're aging, please budget for somebody taking care of a lot of that house. Last week, literally three different people I had conversations with had to talk about their fathers not going on the roof anymore, right? Because it's dangerous. And our story was one of them. My father-in-law got on the roof to to cover something. I can't remember what a swamp cooler because he's down south. Mm -hmm. He's like 74 years old and bad <laughs> knees. Please, for the love of everything holy, put that as part of your budgeting or get to a house that you don't have to get on a two-story roof. I don't know if you hear those stories, Larry, but people... We haven't heard, we've heard some of the stories, but one of the things that we talk about, we get couples that say, I want to live in my house for the rest of my life. Yeah. And they live in a colonial. And um, we're like, it's hmm, a lot of you know stairs. <laughs> you know, and the the primary bedroom is upstairs. Yeah, absolutely. And are you going to be able to live there for the rest of your life? Or maybe if you really want to stay there, you're going to have to reconfigure where your primary is downstairs. So thinking mm -hmm. ahead along those lines is is important. Yeah. Purchasing a in a community that has had these homes fitted that you can that you can stay in them. I actually mm -hmm. am in, in one now and it's all set up that you can age with the house and not have to worry about that. Really? Yeah, yeah. So uh so they, they have it so the shower is the same level. So if yeah Zero a long, entry. long time down the road, you need to have a wheelchair to roll you in the shower. It's there. Yeah. The microwave is down at low level. The primary is on the first is on the first floor. So there's an option later on if you want to put an elevator in the building. In the so there's everything there that you can age with this. So it's all geared towards that. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I'd like an elevator now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so so they they kind of thought of everything with 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 that, so you can definitely properly age there with literally no steps in the house. Nice, that's fantastic. So uh, so that's and then 
just talking about your other your assets, mm-hmm. um, your actually investments, your retirement plans versus your non-retirement plans. How should they be allocated? Again, we can have a separate podcast on this. We've talked about our reservoir strategy numerous times, but is your assets set up properly as you get into retirement? Do you want to take as much risk? You need more income from your assets. So you need to really look at this and come up with a game plan and I don't want to, I'm not going to put you on the spot again, Eric, but we've talked about how many years before you really want to start looking at this and start changing and looking at your allocations and preparing for the need of income. So literally three to five years before we want to start making those changes in preparation of when you're going to need to withdraw your money on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's another item that you need to consider again, before you're going to retire, not a day or two before. Yeah, absolutely. And touching on one of the things you said earlier, you know, are you going to move? Are you going to move states? You had a podcast with somebody, a guest, again, talking about that. And there's so many different rules. So if that's something that people are considering, again, call Larry. And he's got a huge network of folks that he's worked with and guests that he's had on because New York is, how do you put it, Larry? Tight, strict. They they like want to keep their claws in you because they want that tax money. So there's certain rules about how long you spend in one house compared to another, where you know, your primary residence is. There's a lot of things to consider that people just don't know. So again, I'm, we'll be asking for contact information at the end of the show, but you can point them in the right direction for sure. Oh, for, you know, for sure. And like you said, New York is very, very tough if you're if you're going to move and make sure that you're not a New York state resident. There's definitely some rules. Yeah. And and anybody can go and look at all of our podcasts. We have a lot of our podcasts now. They're on YouTube and you can search by category. And we have podcasts on that issue and numerous of the issues that we're talking about today. Yep, absolutely. All right. What else? So the last one is tax planning issues. Hmm. So... They've, we just did a podcast on the required minimum distribution being moved back. So what are some of the tax planning that you could do on where you're going to take your money? Are you going to take your money out of your retirement accounts? Are you going to do Roth conversions? So planning on how to do what, you know, pay for taxes and minimize if you had assets that have a, a lot of capital gains, how do you do that so you can pay the minimum amount of taxes so you can maximize what's what you're earning. Yeah, I like that. Pay the minimum, maximize everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not always paying the minimum right now. You may want to do a Roth conversion and pay, a, yes. pay some taxes now to avoid paying a lot more taxes later on. Yeah, so, good point. You know, those strategies, people like, you know, not don't really think about that. They don't think about what effective tax bracket are you in now versus what tax bracket are you going to be in when you're 72 or 73 and now 75. Yeah. So you want to do the planning now before you've started Social Security, before you have to take your required minimum distributions. So think about those, plan for those now. Don't wait until it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of that, they need to talk to somebody about that, Larry, and that's you. Yeah. Uh, so. so they need. Yeah. So just so you know, also, we're going to put a, a a copy of this checklist 
A lot of these items that I talked about and some more, we're going to put it in the resources section below. So if you want to click on that, you can get a, a list of all these items that we've talked about and, and a few others. Of course, if you'd like to speak to me, you can go onto our website at uh, hellowealthmanagement.com and go into schedule a uh, schedule a appointment. You can schedule a free 20 minute call with myself, or you can feel free to call the office at 631-248-3600. Perfect. Larry, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yes. Another fun day, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Life Unlimited podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'd appreciate a like and a follow there as well. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.